Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. happy to welcome Katie onto the Facebook group and um, Katie works at Centre Stage Dogs so welcome Katie how are you? I'm very well thank you very much for inviting me. Or should I say works at Centre Stage Dogs you own Centre Stage Dogs <laughs> don't you? you are Centre Stage Dogs. So um, the reason why um, I asked you to come on and I, you know you've got a wealth of experience within the grooming industry and we'll talk about this but you've also well, I was saying earlier, you've also diversified in the grooming industry as well, haven't you? And and people will know you as a, a pet groomer and they'll know you for certain products that you've got that out there which they can buy and use. And um, you've obviously concentrated on on making things, making groomers' lives better, haven't you, with your products? So Yeah, yeah. I, I would consider myself to be... Um... <sighs> quite a lazy person so if I can see a way of making something easier then I will try and work around something until I've got it perfect so that it makes my life easier and if it makes my life easier then it's going to make other people's lives easier and if it's that good then it's worth producing isn't it so that's how both the backdrop and the thumb things were born. Yeah brilliant and we'll talk about those in a bit a bit later but first of all um, perhaps you can tell us how you got into this uh, how do you got into the pet grooming industry how long have you been doing it and uh, what attracted you to do it? Um, well I, I, before I was a dog groomer I was a dog trainer and I trained dogs for film and tv right. um, which is quite intensive I'd been a trainer for 15 years and um, we were traveling up and down to London and doing lots of big sets and, and stuff like that. And it's it's all um, it's great fun, but it's very intensive one on one with you and the clients or one on one with you and the producer and, and the dog and on the day. And when you suddenly find out that you're pregnant and it's completely unexpected, yeah, <laughs> it chucks this giant spanner into the works. So I had a standard poodle and I'd been grooming her myself. And, and I thought it's, I enjoy it. I, I like as people might have seen, I, I do quite a bit of drawing as well. And, and I, I think that our work is, is basically just sculpture in fur. Mm-hmm. It's it's sculpture on a living, moving creature, um, and it, it is art of a form. No matter what breed you're doing, it's it's going to be some some form of artwork. And uh, um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll, until the kids, you know, once the baby's born, um, and as soon as I can arrange childcare, I'll go back to training. And that was 17 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one, if you told me then that I would get bitten by the bug and I would never go back to training again, I would have absolutely laughed in their face. So um, I'm self-taught. Well, right. Okay. I did, didn't go to, uh, to school. But there again, I had all the background knowledge of knowing about balance and confirmation and all that sort of stuff before I started. And um, although she probably doesn't know it, Anita Bax was massively instrumental in my training because I bought every DVD that she had or video at that time. <laughs> and and I watched every single one of them. I mean, now we're just so lucky, aren't we? Because we get them. Um, we've got so much on, on YouTube and you go to places like the Groomers Gallery and there are really talented, fabulous people around who are, are putting those videos up. Uh, but when I started, there wasn't wasn't anything. It was just the DVD 
and you and, and and the DVD player wasn't even on a computer, was it? It was I, I was talking 17 years ago. You had to run into your living room, watch how to do the cocker head, run back, think shit. I don't know what I'm doing. Run back, rewind it. <laughs> And then, watch it again, and then go back in and, and then make a complete pig's ear of it. So, uh, um, you know, it was very much trial and error. And, and thankfully, I had some really nice clients who um, who did keep bringing their dogs back. So I can't have been that awful. Yeah. But I do look back at some of the early photographs of what I groomed and I just I hang my head in shame. Um, I'm just, sure a lot of people, you know, it's a it's a you're always I'm sure you're always improving on, on your work. Aren't you? and you've got to be. Yes. I remember. I remember um, Emma sort of doing notes from um doing her course and then just sitting there with notes from the grooming table and uh it's it's, book, it's, isn't it? sorry it's, it's a really good book and very similar to to what you're saying um she would book dogs in and then just go ah, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing <laughs> so it's like quick flick through the notes but you're kind of like a swan aren't you all nice and confident on the outside and then padding like underneath (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely and i think now i've seen practically every breed out there Mm. um i only do small dogs i don't do big dogs anymore and uh, um and i I, i'm a big champion of crossbreeds which is probably going to get a lot of flack sorry (laughs) (laughs) i am i am a serial serial cockapoo cavapoo multipoo um pushon all of them i just absolutely adore them Absolutely. Why not, do them. why not niche? You know, niching. Yeah. yeah, why not niche within um your business? Because niching you get to find your target customer a lot easier rather than going out and doing everything. Yeah. I mean, it says all over my website, the grooming, it's Center Stage Dog Grooming is the the site for um, grooming. And it said that on the first page, I am a small dog specialist, Mm. eight kilos and less. You know, take your giant, big, fat, hairy, obese things somewhere else and (laughs) on their doorstep. (laughs) But also, uh, you work on your own, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I do. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so... 17 years ago what what made you where how did you set up did you do it in your home or in a garage yeah Yeah, no no I started off I had to take every single dog upstairs and bath it in our family bath Mm. um which then of course had to be cleaned down spotlessly to bath baby in afterwards you know (laughs) my hygiene's always been quite good (laughs) yeah 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 um i had i had a um a a grooming table which my husband bought for me at the lka show as a a sort of christmas present birthday present combined that weighed about 45 tons yeah there's no there's no like hydraulic lifts or anything oh no 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 nothing like that no no one solid fixed table and that was in my dining room on carpet (laughs) So everything had to be vacuumed. Everything that could be wrong about the setup was wrong about that setup. Um, And then we converted the garage and um, it had been converted into a room already. Mm -hmm. And then we decided we'd convert the garage room, which was an office, into a a dog grooming parlour. And that's where it all is now. And it really hasn't changed much since then. Yeah, and did you upgrade the bath? You have you gone hydro bath and stuff no. like that? No, 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 no. I am um, because of what I do. All the dogs are the same height, so my bath is a fixed height. My husband built it in for me. Yeah. Um, he's he is a builder, so uh, was a builder. So it's uh, um, you know that's stuff that he finds quite easy to do. 
mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so we made it. We've made, everything is bespoke and handmade for me, and it's all at my height because I'm five foot two, and I the dogs I groom are, are sort of at the most, you know, cocker cocker spaniel is about the highest I go to. Yeah. So so long as everything is under that height, then the table I've got is exactly the right height, and the bath I've got is exactly the right height, and I can lift them all in because they're little. Yeah, and I mean, what I what I think is really important to come out of that is, and I teach it on my startup course, is like, it's I kind of class it as bootstrapping your business. And that's, you know, starting out with limited resources and mm-hmm. not going out there and going and buying all the, the awesome equipment that is out there. You know, there's so much out there now, isn't it? But oh, we, God, yeah. But there wasn't anything out there to start with, really, was there? No, and we started... With a bath, a human, what I call a human bath, and we yeah. just poured like an inch of concrete in it to make uh-huh. it non-slip, and we had that fourteen years. So we didn't, you know, yeah, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, is, is the way I look at it. I mean, we are just about to upgrade and and rip everything out and put new stuff in, but you know, I've been grooming there for seventeen years. It is now starting to look really tired. Yeah, um, but the the problem has always been when on earth do you do this because. Um, there's always masses of stuff that needs to be done around the house. So if Steve takes any time off work because he's he, he has to work as well, then um, you know he's sort of slaving away in his in his shed that he's built to make um, backdrops. So my yeah. my upgrade has just gone further and further and further down the calendar. Yeah, I'd like to say to like people that are just starting out, you know, you don't have to have all the Gucci stuff to get. Yeah. You can do a really really good um groom on a dog with a very sort of basic, basic equipment. Stuff. I would I would say um all of those tables that you buy the ones that don't go up and down and never I'm, I'm short and they are never tall enough so get yourself some decent elephant feet and if you don't <laughs> know what they are go onto Amazon and look for elephant feet they're like furniture risers and they'll put a foot or a foot and a half up on the table so when you've got those little dogs they are actually at the right level for you there you go. And the you know, top tips, isn't it? So starting yeah. out doesn't have to cost you lots of money. No. And I suppose when you said um, when you do it, we had the same issue, but we use lockdown, I suppose. Lockdown was the time to to get in there and, you know, rip stuff out. Christmas also. Well, very lucky I, I used lockdown to start teaching and educating my customers how they were going to deal with this and mm-hmm. do the maintenance. So we just swapped on to Zoom. And I went in, I have seen nearly every client's bathroom now and their kitchens and their tables. And they've all now got perfect setup for grooming their dogs at home. So because I have them, I invented the VIP scheme and brought that in in about 2013. Mm -hmm. A lot of my customers pay me monthly, no matter what their grooming schedule is. So they, they might have a dog on a six week schedule, but they pay me a monthly fee and that keeps the, the money ticking over for me. And of course, when lockdown came, it's like, oh, right. Well, I'm not going to be able to groom their dogs. How am I going to give them their money's worth? So they all got instead of they got a, um, a, a two hour groom, they got a one hour grooming lesson. Awesome. So you um, added, added value to that, didn't you? You, you sort of Yeah. And, and, and of course, now I'm really reaping the benefits of it. I haven't seen a knot in the last month. Wow. You know, and I am Cockapoo City. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and not just shave offs. They're, they're all four weeks, four to six weeks. Um, and, and their dogs are just beautifully maintained, absolutely beautifully maintained now. And I, I'm sure that's down to the fact that they all got really good training during lockdown. 
And how, um, so you'd spend an hour with them, show them how to bath the dog. And then- yeah, we, I, I just went through the whole basics of, you know, first of all, how to brush out, then how to bath and brush out, and bath and blow dry and fluff dry properly. Um, what equipment to use, where to buy things like cheap um, blasters, because obviously they don't need the same sort of blasters that we have, but the, you know, most of them didn't even know what a blaster was. Um, and they were chasing their dogs around the room with a hairdryer. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know we we nailed all of that most of them now because um the, because they're all the same size they don't need to have a great deal of depth to whatever they're grooming on so they've now all got a shelf built into their house somewhere mm-hmm. where they put the dog up on the shelf so they've got the wall behind it it can't go anywhere it's got two ends on it and they pop the dog on the shelf and it's just deep enough for them to groom on and do you think out of that obviously you've had better trained dogs and better you know, dogs with better coats. But do you think you've had uh, also a more respect from your owners? Oh, massive, massive. They had they had no idea when we went in for that first lesson what they were going to get, mm-hmm. and they had no idea what they didn't know. No, you don't know what you don't know, do you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it was an eye opener for all of us. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love training. I, I like training people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, so, and when you get that aha moment with the client and they suddenly go, oh, that's what you mean. So that was really good. So um, they all got as far as bathing, brushing out um, and light trimming. So, you know, eyes round the ears, all the things that they needed to be really careful about. They were, you know, I was able to show them with a model dog while I'm working on Zoom saying, right, you can cut here, but you have to be really careful. This bit's called a tuck up. That's really, really, really easy to cut. So be very careful about that. You know, all of the stuff that you would get taught in school now. Yeah. Um, and, and all of them decided they'd never wanted to do it full time for a profession. <laughs> no, I, I wonder if people were sitting here listening to you and going, Oh my God, what if if I taught my customers how to groom their dogs? Surely they won't come back. And we had exactly the same conversation with our mentor who was like, right, you're locked down, you can't open, you need to get out there and start giving your customers education, you know, show them how to do the nails. And we're like, this is counterintuitive, surely, isn't it? it oh uh, no, oh no. <laughs> no, go on. No, I'm no, they, they they really appreciate what I do for them now and they can't believe that I can get it done in two hours. Hmm. Because they, they, they were saying, but I'm, I, it took me three hours because by this, by lesson two, or they had learned how to brush their dog out um, or bath it and then brush it out and fluff dry it and make sure it was all combed through. Which we, So they had to do all of that for lesson three, which was fine, but they, they had taken three hours to get <laughs> that far. <laughs> and then they had an hour's lesson with me on uh, face trimming, ear, ear cleaning, nail trimming and that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, they, they were massively appreciative of how, how good we are, how quick we are and how thorough we are. Yeah. So a lot more respect coming out of COVID or coming out of lockdown for you and your services, yeah. which, you know, people will then come back and say, I'm actually possibly willing to pay more for your for your services because now we have an understanding of what of what you do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one thing I did notice, because I, I include teeth with every full groom, mm-hmm. um, and I only do full grooms. I've got a couple of dogs that I do a brush out, a bath and brush out in between their full grooms, but but otherwise it is all just full groom work. Um, and I always include teeth with that, and I noticed a massive difference in the dog's teeth and the dog's reaction to having their teeth done when they came back into the salon, because they hadn't had it done for a while. Because mm. that's the one thing I didn't get round to, because obviously, you know, no one's got a spare Emmy pet or cleaning teeth. No. 
knocking around (laughs) and I I forgot to say can you please just you know just touch the dog mouth all around with a toothbrush every time you do this Mm -hmm. um and so dogs that had been quite good before were quite was starting to look at you know look at me like I'm grinding up the head like what are you doing why are you (laughs) out of my mouth we didn't do this (laughs) We, we I suppose we came out of um we sort of took the time in lockdown to look at our business and we we thought about the teeth cleaning service that we offer and we decided that you know it was a really good service but it was we were doing the dogs a disservice because the owners were getting the dog's teeth looking sparkly and lovely and then they disappear for like nine months and you know you can't do that no it's isn't it yeah you, the owner's wasting the money because the the plaque and the the grime and the horribleness just rebuilds on the dog's teeth so now so we came out of lockdown with a change to our packages saying you need to book in regularly if you're going to do your service it needs to be a regular service yeah i i wanted to um i wanted to keep my bottom line the same but i wanted to reduce the number of hours that i worked or the number of dogs that i did quite dramatically Mm -hmm. so um about two and a half years ago I decided I was going to do um, put teeth in as a full groom so with every full groom service. So I put all of my prices up by 20 quid a pop, mm-hmm. which is quite a giant leap. But yep. they were going to get their teeth done at the same time. But they had to do enough sessions at 40 quid a pop to get the teeth to the point where they would became maintenance. And then after yep. that, they would be maintenance because they're all four to six weeks. Yeah. So. Um, so again, uh, we've been dealing with this in our in the Facebook group for um, yesterday. It was a really good question about increasing prices, and I've spoken to a few people today about that fear of increasing the prices. It is always scary. Yeah. You know, how did it go down with your customers? Obviously, you're adding well, more value to your to your services. Yeah, I worked out that twenty percent of my business could walk away and say mm-hmm. I was too expensive, and I would still have the same bottom line. There you go. And one person walked out, so there I suddenly had. A lot of people <laughs> needing services that I hadn't got the time to provide, um, which is a nice position to find yourself in. Yeah. So I, I just I just weeded out the customers I didn't want from that point. That's and so it. I got down to two in the morning, two in the afternoon. It was five days a week. Now it's four days a week. So you thought, right, I'm going to lose 20% of my customers because my price is going up. That's what you're, you're banking on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I was um, quite literally. <laughs> and then um, you put your twenty pounds onto their price onto their price with an added service, and you lost one. Yeah, so the fear. And the- it, it, do you know what? It, it actually made me feel quite angry. And okay, quite, and quite cross that these people had been accepting my services, but would have been happy to pay extra anyway. Right, and not one person, not one person said, "You know what? You're not charging enough." They never, ever do. So hold on to that fact. So they'll be walking into your salon and accepting your £35 show award-winning groom. They'll never turn around and say, you know what, that should have cost me 90 That's it. That's it. And maybe they don't realise. Maybe your customer don't realise oh, that. They do, be. Bill. Do you? <laughs> They're women. They go to the hairdressers, for God's sake. <laughs> if you have a two-hour appointment in the hairdressers and you escape with spending less than 75 quid, you are onto an absolute winner. Yeah, it's our it's our mindset, isn't it? It's our our own inner values and our mindset that holds us back. Absolutely, and just because you can't afford it doesn't mean your clients can't. Yeah, 
that's, uh, another, been, that's another biggie you know i mean if anyone who's who's ever been absolutely rock bottom sat in the bath with a razor blade thinking my god i can't do it anymore because they owe five quid and they can't pay it your your perception of that five pounds is that it's this massive massive debt but to anybody else what's a fiver is they lost it behind the sofa and a lot of your customers will feel the same way about your grooming fee yeah and you know I, I i get a lot of private messages from people and we we have a lot of comments in the group about price increases and it's like my clients won't, won't accept it uh, i've been talking to someone about adding vat to their prices today and it's like they will yeah. they will accept it and if they go elsewhere it creates space for new people yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i mean I've, I've had that in my business agreement seminar for years that those three people who leave will create three spaces for people who are happy to pay your new prices. That's it. That's it. It's our fear and our, our yeah. mindset that, that is the barrier. So that's good. So maybe I, I, um, it's gone. I, I do happen to have a, a quite a nice bunch of clients and mm-hmm. there are quite a few of them who can afford a lot more than one or two of them that I know are really struggling. Um, you know, the ones who turn up in the 15-year-old battered car, um, generally that's their their dog car, <laughs> yeah. the posh cars at home. But but I have got a couple who I know just can't afford it. So when I whack the prices up for everybody else, I think, okay, and I'm going to stick an extra pound on so that X can have her groom at the same price. And there are a couple of clients whose prices just haven't gone up for like the last 10 years. Yeah, and I think what's important about that is, again, it's, and I, I, I explain this to some people I work with, is it's our business, isn't it? It's your business, so you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you can make you want to help decisions. some people who are just spectacularly lovely and helpful to you mm-hmm. and are just really nice people who can't necessarily afford your services. So I, I whereas I wouldn't do that to somebody who, who expected it to be like that, I will quite happily do it for somebody who's who, who really appreciates it. I've got two clients like that, so. And I was talking to someone again on my way home and uh, we were just discussing the direct debit option and I didn't realise um, you did a direct debit payment. And again, offering direct debits, offering the people the ability to pay by direct debit. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah, it makes it more affordable for them, doesn't it? That's right. Well, Savvy have just re- um, released their new VIP scheme. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the process now of moving all my customers over to Savvy Pay. So they, it's not direct debit. The it's um, or you'd have to ask, I have to ask Lisa about it. It's uh, that it pre-authorizes their card or something. So it hold, I, I'm not really good on that sort of stuff, but it, it holds on to it every month. It will charge their card, so they, yeah. they they get charged on the card rather than it being a bank transfer into your bank account. But that does mean that I can just go straight into Savvy then, and I'll be able to see exactly who's paid straight away. It won't be another thing that I've got to do go off to the bank account. And, and start ticking off down the list to make sure everyone paid. So are you willing, are you happy to talk about the VIP scheme that you? Mm, absolutely, you, absolutely. Yeah. Has anyone got any questions on it? Uh, there's people watching, so let us know about it. And if the questions come in, I'll. I'll, I'll oh, sure. Okay, fine. Um, it's something I set up in 2013. I had a, a, a business mentor called David Wheel, um, and he was the one who suggested it. And I said, um, you've got to be bloody joking. There is no way on this planet that anybody is going to pay me monthly for a service that they receive um, on a six weekly or then eight weekly or even 12 weekly basis. <laughs> and he said, you'd be surprised. And he, he he showed me how to work it out that, you know, basically you just work out. So if, if, for, to make math spectacularly easy, if they pay 60 quid for a groom and they come every six weeks, it's 10 pounds a week. Mm-hmm. 
and you times that by the number of weeks, which gives you 52 weeks, and then you divide that by 12. And then that is what they pay you monthly, more or less. Well, yeah. might, I've tweaked it a bit. I've got um, a, a VIP calculator on my website. So you just put in how many weeks and it put and, and um, how much they pay you right now and how many weeks and it spews out how much you charge them per month. But it rounds it up a little bit as well. So that just just so that it's a nice round figure, because who wants to pay £45.15 and when you can say 46 Yeah, so it round up. It always rounds up, just rounds up to the nearest pound. But you, I worked out if it if each one just tips over. So you're you're making 85p to um, about 85p per client. And you've got 100 clients and it does it every single month. It's about £396 a year you're earning. There you go. <laughs> just rounding it up. So it sort of makes sense to do it that way. And no one's going to miss it. So, um, and I've not yet met a client who's gone, oh, well, actually, I've worked out my price, love. <laughs> You're out by 85p. That's <laughs> it. And also, um, I will say, you know, it's easier to put your prices up as well because you just say, well, your, your diet debit's going up by £3 a month rather than, like, you know, or the, the bigger figure. Yes. Yeah, just, yeah just, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, th- this year, um, I think... Mine have gone up quite substantially because I think that we are going to have a really rough time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as my dad used to say, <laughs> feel it in my bones. Um, it's, it's, I think it's going to be spectacularly hard for a lot of people. And uh, um, so I've, I've gone up by six and a half, seven percent across the board. So it's been between five and seven quid on every groom. And do you find it's easier because you explain it as in a monthly amount rather than a um, I tend to just send them out the VIP quote for that year. Right. This year, your price will be. And um, every now and again, you get somebody go, oh, oh. Um, uh, and I've said, well, you know, in the same in that same time frame, last year, it cost me 47 quid to fill my car up with fuel. And this year, it cost me 55 pounds to fill it up with fuel. It's gone up by seven or eight pounds just to, to fill the tank up. So yeah, your your price is going up. I'm really sorry about that, but take it up with the others who are who are forcing it rather than because if, if prices didn't go up all around me, I'd happily work for the, the wages I'm on right now. We wouldn't need, yeah, that's it. We wouldn't need to, would we? And no, if, I'm not putting them up to give myself a wage rise, although I should do because I'm one year better than I was last year, hmm. and I'm now 17 years better than I was when I started. Yeah, but if we leave money in the bank, we'll lose money because of inflation and stuff like that, won't we? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. There's a really good inflation calculator. The Bank of England's got one and it's um, it's online and you pump in how much it cost you in, I don't know, when, whenever you first started, you, you put in a sum of, say, £10 and it will tell you what what it should cost today. Mm-hmm. That's quite a useful one. It's quite quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> things have gone up. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So Mina's just asked, uh, when is a good time to start your VIP scheme? How many years of grooming do you have to have under your belt? Uh, well, I'd say straight away. Yeah. It, you train your owners straight away that this is the best way to pay. This is It makes it really easy. So what do they get under the VIP scheme? Um, guaranteed appointments for the next year. And um, because I'm so busy, that's not always, you know, the ad hocs will have to fit in around the VIPs. If the VIPs are going to go on holiday, so I booked your appointment, say you're with me and, and you've, you've got a cockapoo and uh, um, it comes in every six weeks and I've booked you right through, through the year and you come to me and you say, oh, Katie, you know what? In January, I can't make my appointment because we're going away on a cruise. 
And I say, that's no, not a problem, Bill. I will target the area that you want to get into. Can you do the week before or the week afterwards, which of course are rammed and they're full. Mm-hmm. And I will, because Savvy allows you to do this, which is really cool. You can actually target a, a whole that, that week and you can just tick everybody on, on, on that list and send them all a message saying, I need to get a client into this week. Can anyone swap? His appointment is on XYZ day. And quite often I'd say I'm 98% successful that way either swapping for the week before or the week afterwards yeah we um we and i a, won't do that for an ad hoc no we had a customer who pays by direct debit got his reminder text and was like i'm not in the country um can we book? and we're like no sorry we, <laughs> we um we haven't got any space we can't rebook you so he paid us 92 pounds i think this month that month and so that's okay we'll just catch up next time then yeah I know, and they do. <laughs> they do. And you're like, whoa. But, you know, if it's... Uh, um, oops, sorry. We've got, uh, Jess, what are you doing? What are you doing, sweetie? Oh, oh you sweetheart. Sorry, the arguments over who's going to sleep and be on the couch. Um, the VIPs never let you down. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who will turn up to every appointment. Or, as you said, I, I had um, ones a, a couple of months ago who were... Uh, the dogs were in Portugal when they were supposed to be being groomed. And she said, don't worry, we're in Portugal. Dogs are with us. We'll see you next time. And thankfully, they were border terriers and really easy. So it wasn't, you know, something drastic. But um, generally, they always let you know. They get that reminder text and they're the first ones on the blower saying, I can't make my appointment. Whereas the the ad hocs don't really care because it's it's no skin off their nose if they don't turn up. Their dog's going to be a bit hairy or they might have gone somewhere else in the meantime and decided their dog doesn't need a groom. They don't give a stuff that you're going to go without your that grooming fee. And it doesn't, I don't think it even occurs to them because they think they haven't had a service, therefore that it hasn't cost anything. They no. don't realise, you know, when can you book a flight or uh, or anything without paying for it first? Yeah. And I think we need to get we need to get our heads around this. The ad hocs need to pay up front for their appointments. Definitely. Been talking about deposits this morning. You know, one thing to be able to take deposits, you need a card machine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, get, absolutely. Get that into your business. Yeah, Don't too right. Sum up, sum up's done me really well for the last couple of years. I've just moved over to Savvy Pay and their machine's absolutely brilliant as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the ad hocs actually should pay 100 percent up front. I don't think you know, a small deposit really is enough. Did you find, um, so we we introduced our direct debit scheme. We didn't call it a VIP package. I think we missed out a little bit there, but we introduced the direct debit scheme. Did you find you have to um, go out there and be proactive with your customers for it or do they sign up to it? Will you, like, oh, yeah. I think, I, I think it sounds so much better, doesn't it? You know, your dog's costing you 60 quid for your six weekly appointment at the moment, but did you realise you could be paying 40 quid a month for this? Hmm. It yeah. does. It does sound like they're getting a much better deal. So right. I, I haven't. I didn't have a problem at all. I just said it really helps with my cash flow. I'm a small business, and it really helps me with my cash flow, and it helps my customers' budget. Although you probably don't need to, because you're clearly loaded, because your car costs more than my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, no, no, but you can hit them elsewhere because you're like, well, actually, um, it cuts down the amount. Of, it cuts down the amount of phone calls that you need to make yeah. to us. It means that, you know, when you've suddenly realised that your dog needs grooming, you've got an appointment and you yeah. don't 
miss out because we're too busy. Yeah, because it's not a great surprise. Dog hair grows. My entire business model depends on the fact your dog's hair will grow back. <laughs> and I, I have a laugh with them about it every time. But, you know, I know you're going to need an appointment either with me or somebody else in six to eight weeks time. Yeah. And there are only so many appointments that I can sell in a year. So if you're a VIP, you're guaranteed those appointments. And as soon as my VIPs are settled for the end of this at the end of this month, I'll have pre-booked all of 2020, um, 2022. And uh, um, I've already put my holidays in, the days that I'm going to take off. And um, I, I, I do um, dog shows as well, the grooming shows. So yes. I'll, um, I, I'm now booking a Monday out for afterwards because otherwise I just get so tired. I find them really, I love them. I love them. I really love going and seeing people and doing the shows. I find I'm knackered the next day. So, because it often involves driving up to Birmingham, which is like two hours for us. Yeah, it's quite a lot of Birmingham. The Stonely ones are great. Um, but I, I I think I'm just missing a trick, I think. I, I take the Friday off now anyway. So we drive up on the, um, I have the Friday to sort my life out. We drive up on the Saturday, set up Saturday night, do the show on the Sunday, but then to break down on the Sunday and drive home and then be back at work the following morning. That's That's a bit exhausting. No, that's it. And um, you find once you've booked them all in, and this that's an important point that you made, actually, you book your holidays first. Yeah, book, yeah, so get all, all your holidays sorted. Yourself. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you, you know, you, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going, but I no. know that I've, I've booked the first week of August out. I've got a week at Easter, um, a week at Christmas, a week at Easter, two weeks in the summer, um, and then some odd days sporadically, either side of dog shows and things like that. That's it. So and then after that, you can then, leap in and, and book people for the rest of the year yeah you look after yourself first and then you're able to look after your clients after that because if yeah. you plan out who's going to look after your clients if you need a holiday and you're you're trapped by your diary because you've booked everything yeah. through but you've not put any time in for yourself and then you burn out and and, and groomers i i think the biggest thing that I see, and, and you must see it as well, in, in all of these groups, especially the trainee groomer groups, are the ones that you can see. You can just spot them. They're going to burn out instantly. They, they're trying so hard to get so much business through the door, and they're charging such a low price that they have to have so many dogs to come in. It becomes this vicious circle going round and round and round. Low prices, more dogs, more days, tired groomer snappy groomer loses a client needs another client and it just you can just see from their what they're saying that this is where it's going it's really sad we need we need a we need to be rewarded for what we do and if you're not receiving that reward that time for your your that money for your time you'll end up resenting your business because you'll just be thoroughly pissed off of working all the time for yeah. very little reward won't you so yeah absolutely really get those prices and we'll go into your your hourly calculator in a minute as well. I've just got a, a quick questions come in from Samantha and she likes the idea of the VIP um, service and she thinks some of her clients will go for it. But the question is, can you do it? Can you only do it if you use a booking system? She's old school and uses pencil and diary. Well, that's going to take a lot of work. Join the 21st century. <laughs> um, <laughs> a trial with savvy is free for God's sake. Give it a go. Um, and they've introduced all sorts of interesting things now, like that new customer portal thing. So that um, I introduced my clients to that last month and said, you, you know what, you can actually log in yourself and update your own details. And there are 150 of you 
um, and there's only one of me. And I, and if it takes me an hour to update everybody because I'm dyslexic and I have to be so careful with emails and everything else, could you please just log in, check your details, and update them for me? And within over a weekend, everyone's done it. Yeah, I think um, you know if you're looking to plan in, I don't know how many customers you got, Samantha, but if you're looking to plan in over the whole year with with a computer system you can just repeat you can actually set up repeats for yeah. every six weeks yeah you can yeah recur recurring it recurs every yeah. six weeks recurring. yeah absolutely um, pencil and paper you're gonna have to go through that <laughs> manually sounds like and hard then, work. yeah and then they then they want to move and you've got to rub it out and it's oh yes nightmare nightmare <laughs> it is it is uh, yeah samantha said i did use a system and it failed and it put you off They're, you know okay, you gotta, yeah, you go that. out there and trial um there's lots out there trial them and see what um system is good see what works for you and that's the most important thing i think do you not find that it's the, the automatic texting that that almost cuts down every no show that that I can't remember the last time I had a no-show. I've had cancellations and I've had late cancellations, hmm. but they've, they've cancelled late because they've got them the text and maybe they didn't see it for a day or maybe they were out the country and, and they didn't see it until they got back or whatever. But I've I've hadn't had a no-show in forever. Yeah, it's obviously it's things that we've tried over the years. You know, we used to phone people up when we were a bit smaller, then we got bigger, so we'd send out messages, and then um, we lost our receptionist, so we then um, went on to computerized, which sent automated messages, and now yeah. we do forty-eight hour reminders and all sorts. So we've, yeah. we've tried loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, mine, mine gets an email and a uh, text reminder forty-eight hours ahead of the appointment, saying if you if you can't make it, you have to let me know now. Because otherwise, I'm going to charge you regardless. Yeah, and I think what people will see when they when they hear this and watch this and listen to this is the the language coming from you is all very positive and it's very um, you you take the leader you're the leader within your yes, business. It's, it's my business, and and I have to run it in a certain manner. Mm. Um, and yeah, there are some people who would try and dictate to me. Well, I can't get to you for nine o'clock, so is nine fifteen okay? And the answer is no. Which day could you do then? Yeah, I've got nothing for three months, but which <laughs> <laughs> and when that once that's happened a couple of times, they they either disappear and, and bug some other groomer and try and run their life for them, or they find some way of dropping their little darling at school at quarter to nine and getting to me for nine o'clock, or dropping with me at eight thirty and dropping their kid at, at school at nine. My my working day starts at nine, and if the dogs need to come in earlier to suit the owner, I, I can be flexible about that. But I want dogs in the bath at nine because I've got three hours to do two dogs, and my magic wand is is brilliant, but it's not that good. If if someone turns up twenty minutes late, I mean, I love. I don't know if you've ever heard Colin Taylor's best line for that one, but if they turn up twenty minutes late, you just say, "Which leg do you want me to leave?" <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Which part of the dog do you want me not to bother with? <laughs> but I think that's really important for those that are listening, you know, listen to the language that's being used here. It's, you know, it's leadership, isn't it? You're leading your, you're leading your business, you're driving your business and you're telling your customers what you expect from them. It's not... You know, we're not being meek and mild in the corner and letting customers walk all over yeah. us. A, um, if anyone wants to go and have a look at it, I've got um, a, a, a section on my website, the Sense Stage Dog Grooming website called Notes for the Newbies. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and if you go onto the Facebook Centre Stage Dog Grooming page, there's there's um, a, a weekly email that I send out to all of my customers, and that there's a link to that notes to the for the newbies on every single email. So took the header of every single email, and it basically it's um, three pages of this is why I work the way I work. Mm. You know, if they if they realise that them being fifteen minutes late just upsets the entire train of what's going to happen uh, and how it affects it or turning up 15 minutes early which is even worse that drives me absolutely insane um so you know I'm, I'm, i try and make sure that they've read that before they start yeah or phoning you know phoning every 15 minutes to check if the dog's done no it's yeah, not it, done and you no. can't <laughs> it's called salon etiquette <laughs> yeah that's it that's it. Yeah, no one that's wants it. to look like a complete rookie at this. So let's go over the salon etiquette first. And then everyone's going to be doing it right. And um, I've got a sign that I have in the window which says ready or not ready. Um, and they're not allowed to ring the doorbell until they see the ready sign. Yeah, that's because, a good idea. Yeah. Because if they ring the doorbell, my dogs are going to go ballistic. Mm-hmm. And if they go ballistic, the dog on the table can't see them, but it's going to know that somebody's at the doorbell because my dogs are all screaming, oh, someone at the door, someone at the door. <laughs> There's nothing worse than an owner walking in and the dog that you've got that you're trying to finish off because the owner's putting you under loads of pressure, then here's the dog, here's the yeah. owner's voice, and it's like, oh, you've lost it now. You just yeah, absolutely. Well, they, uh, they've all been told that what whatever point I'm at when they turn up is the way the dog goes home. So if it's a Chanel so with one eyebrow, tough shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to muck around with a dog that's bouncing around doing river dance impressions on the table with sharp things to please them because they couldn't actually get their act together. They wait in the car outside. So there's nowhere to come into my house. It's, you know, it's it's actually physically, although it's a garage conversion, you actually walk in through the front door and turn left immediately into the garage. So it's, it's not a, um, it's, it's no, they can't just walk in. It's not like a shop front. Thank God. Um, But I have had, I have had them come up and rap sharply on the window. Um, So they, they get to to do that once. <laughs> there you go. People are loving the idea of the signs. You know, your dog is ready or your dog is not. And yeah, it's just it's on A4 and it's laminated. It's ready on green on one side and it's not yeah. ready and on red on the other side. Yeah, it's, and you know, really easy. They don't even have to get out their car. They can see it from the car. <laughs> and this is all about educating your customers, isn't it? Yeah, running the business how you want to run it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you have, um, I have two dogs that come in in the morning, so they come in at nine and they're finished at twelve. Mm-hmm. And so the pickup drop-off is at nine. So I only have to deal with one set of drop-offs and that then I only have to have one set of pickups at 12. Mm. And, and they know that if they turn up early, it could be their dog on the table that's going to go home with, usually yeah. it's a face that's unfinished, isn't it? Because I, I I've never managed to train myself to do the face first and then match the body to it. I always end up putting the body on first and then doing body, body legs, tail and face. And the face is always the last thing. So if they turn up early that's what's not going to be done yeah and again it's educating them edu- educating them so yeah. um, we touched a little bit about um what you want to earn and um you've produced an hourly calculator that people can um, purchase can't they and download yeah. and use to help yep. devices so yeah. what inspired you to do the hourly calculator and how does it work i'm a spreadsheet geek <laughs> <laughs> Yes, my secret. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. Um, I before I got into dogs, or, or sort of, well, yeah, I worked for Apple 
All right. As I was in tech support, so patience is probably something which is you know being instilled into me, and uh, um, uh, and I, I started off in secretarial college, and then I, I got headhunted by Apple, and, I, and then they put me in tech support because I seem to have the right sort of aptitude for training people how to do things, and um, and I, I just love Microsoft Excel, the way it works, the way you can you can crunch numbers and stuff. So it sort of made loads of sense to me that if I was going to work out how to run my business, I had needed to know, I needed to have a page where I could pump in all of my business figures, mm-hmm. everything that it cost me to run a business, and then another page where all my personal stuff is, and then another page that ties those three things together, the two pages together, and it spews out an hourly rate. So you know that, I mean, mine's just gone up. It was Last year it was £35, and now it's 42 So it just goes to show how much... It's gone up. In so, just it's, so it's gone up because you've adjusted your personal spending, yeah. is it right? And, and because you adjusted your personal spending, yeah. which he's now saying, well, you need to adjust your, your pricing yes. for your business to, to match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in that, you, I, I think it's really important. It's not just, you know, okay, I, I spend 30 quid a year on ear cleaner, for instance, or, or 100 pounds a year on shampoo, whatever it is you're spending. I know that I'm going to go to Crafts and Crafts is going to cost me minimum of a thousand pounds. Wow. Because I do, I do a lot of my shopping there. You know, I'll, 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 I, I network, I meet lots of people, I'll see lots of new products. Well, not so many new products these days, but you know what I mean? It's, you've got the hotel, you've got the, because um, you know, who can do it in one day? It's such a large show. It's, and, and it's not really enjoyable to drive up there, do it and drive home again. It's just, right. it's just such a, a, a big long day um so i would rather go up there and actually do two days now so you've got your tickets for two days you've got your hotel for two nights maybe three nights you've got your food and everything else so if you get away with spending a thousand or eight to eight hundred to a thousand pounds then i think you've done quite well mm-hmm. but you need to budget for that that has to be in the hourly rate calculator so you, um, you get out what you put in don't you really yeah so you know my my Alirate calculator. I've I've budgeted for all the things I want to do, as well as mm-hmm. the things that I can, you know, that I have to do and have to buy. So there's always going to be things like the the shampoos that you use and the the spritzes and the scissor sharpening and the new equipment, maintenance of old equipment, leases, all of that sort of stuff has to be paid for. And then there's a wish list of the things that you actually want to go and do. So if you stick those in as well, the symposiums, the workshops, which I I suggest everybody does, you know, I I budget for three workshops a year um, and then every grooming show going. Yeah because you just learn so much every time you go out. And if you budget for that, that's why my hourly rate is what my hourly rate is. Yeah, so a lot of people struggle, don't they, with um, putting their prices together and knowing what to charge. And um, they so ring around like, everybody locally. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> what don't do you do charge for an Alsatian and a Chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> Soon I'm going to start when people start putting things in the into the group saying how much for a, for a Labrador I'm just going to say a thousand pounds. Did you charge that? Yeah, price <laughs> price check for a. <laughs> okay, we can't we can't compare ourselves. I can't compare my business to your business. Oh God, you... no, no, because we're totally different. That's it. And so... it's, it, you you will only get out of it what you want to get out of it, but you have to know what you want. Yeah, and you have to know what you need as well, don't you? What you want and what you need. Yes, absolutely. There's what you need has to be covered. Um, mm-hmm. 
And if I if I went for never going, never leaving the house again and never going to a show and um, and using the basic products and running my equipment into the ground and not sharpening things and everything else, I could probably shave it down to maybe 30 pounds an hour and still make a living. But who wants to do that? I want I want to be progressing my knowledge all the time. That's it. And uh, paying yourself reasonable and getting out. Getting The reason why we go to work, isn't it, is to do so we can do things. Yeah, I mean, I think if I won the lottery, I'd still groom dogs. Hmm. But there'd be perilously few dogs that I would want to groom. <laughs> but I, I have got some favourite dogs that I certainly wouldn't give up because I, I, I actually take pride in my work and, and a great pleasure in what I do. But that's because I have the luxury of time to do it. I, I am I'm not forced to do four dogs in the morning and four in the afternoon so that I can put meat and, and two veg on the table for the kids and my husband. That's it. And money buys you time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I've got a little thing where um, I have a little poster in our shop and it says, be more expensive so you can have more time to deliver a better product to your customers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's 100% right. 100% behind you on that one. Yeah. So time brings you money. So, And we all know when we try and bend over backwards and squeeze that customer in, it always goes wrong, doesn't it? And there's always something wrong that's, with the groom. That's or... usually the white dog on a Friday that licks its nose as you're just trimming the front of the muzzle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So, be, so you know... More expensive, so you have more time to spend to give your customers a better product and a better service. It makes yeah, sense, doesn't it? So, you know, you, you've you've been innovative within the industry, and you're providing the industry with help and support with your hourly calculator, and then you've also designed these wonderful products. So you've got your center stage backdrop. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that and how that's helping the grooming industry. I. I, I it's a shame I haven't got the first versions to show you. Okay. <laughs> I haven't even got photographs. They were so embarrassing. Um, I, I, I came up with the idea um, and the first one, the one that I had in my grooming room for maybe the last five years is actually built into my table because my husband over engineers everything. He's, he's really, he's really clever. I'm really clever at shaving it right down to what it needs to be, the bare minimum. But he, um, and you have, can you hear that snoring in the background? I can't, no. Is that him? No, that's my shih tzu. your husband The shih tzu's actually gone to sleep now and she's snoring and she sounds like a steam train. Um, the first, so the first version that I had actually was a wooden board that actually lifts up off the table and locks into place with bolts. Right. So um, that that was absolutely brilliant. And for five years, I kept looking at it and thinking, it's really, really, really useful. But how the hell do you sell that? Because it's solid mm. and it's not going to be very easy to post. No. And every table is going to be a different size and it's all got to be made to measure and all that sort of stuff. So I kept saying to my husband, no, it's got to be flexible. So he came up with this contraption that sort of folded and collapsed in on itself and, and had lots of rivets in it. And it was a bit sort of like a stretchy mesh gate thing. And all I could think of was, no, 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 no. I could just see a dog leaning against it, getting pinched, getting stuck. Because <laughs> he's not a dog groomer. He's, he's really good, but he's not a dog groomer. And I said, no, that's not going to be safe. So I came up with the first 
um, backdrop was about four inches high because I thought I'd just it just needed to be a wide band that covered over the table and stopped them from going over, you know, to the other side of the table. Uh, that didn't work at all because I just stepped over it because <laughs> it was, I thought if you just sort of like, you could slide it up and down your H frame, you know, just have this wide bar and that was fine. Um, then, so it, they got higher and higher. And then I realized that because it was going to be a budget piece of equipment and a lot of people have always said, you know, why don't you make them taller, the full height of the table? And mm. the reason for that has always been that I, I think of them like a sail. So if you put a, a substantial weighted dog, like a clumber spaniel on your table with the backdrop that was full height and it was battling with the nails and you had one of these flimsy little lightweight tables because you're a startup, it's going to take the whole thing right over. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, the centre of gravity is just going to be raised right up as that dog rears up against it. And I don't want there to be any accidents on my watch. So they are designed specifically to be half the height of the table if you need them to be more supportive for a bigger dog and you've got a solid table, then you can always slide them up the H frames, but that's not what they were designed for. They were always designed to stop the little dog from scooting to the back of the table. So, to, so there may be people here that are going, what the hell are we talking about? What, what inspired you? What is it? And what inspired you to sort oh, okay. of... Uh, right. it's, um, if, if you imagine how wide your and deep your table is mm -hmm. and you think of a Maltese Terrier, a Maltese Terrier doesn't take up very much of that table, either from side to side or from front to back. But what mm. it does do every time you put it on the table is it scoots to the back of the table and you spend a great deal of your groom bending forward. So your back is now like this as you're scooping the bloody, the lovely little darling over <laughs> and over. And it really adds time to your groom because you get the dog in front of you, get it stacked in front of you. You just started to scissor and it scoots off again. So the, the center stage backdrop is a fabric table divider. Um, every single one of them is made to measure. It's um, you measure in between the H frame bars and right. you give us that measurement. And then Steve does some magic his version of an Excel spreadsheet on it that comes out with exactly the right measurement. So you've got like a quarter of an inch gap um, and it's attached with bungees. So it's got, it's like a very taut trampoline and it mm -hmm. basically divides your table in half where the H frame is. Now, if you've got a movable H frame, you could move that backwards and forwards and make it deeper or shallower, depending on what you're using. Um, but most people don't, it, they just, it's fine just in the middle. And it, what it does is it, instead of grooming with your back at that angle, it brings you back up to here because the little dog is now right in front of you instead of being right out here somewhere with you constantly bending over trying to grab it. Yeah. So it, it keeps your, your lower back and your shoulders straight. So, cause I was suffering enormously with pain up here, right between the base of my neck and between my shoulder blades, I was in screaming agony. And at the point where I was gonna give up before I put that board up, as soon as I put the board up, the pain went away. Excellent. So I knew that that was the it, that was the answer and what what it was for, but it just wasn't a way of getting it to the people until we decided to do it this way. And now um, the first ones we had, I mean, the first ones we did weren't great. I have to say they were they did the job, but they weren't pretty. And the ones that Steve now produces three years down the line are just they're they're really professional. The 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 hems are glued and um, glued and sewed. Uh, it's not just sewed. It's all you know. It, it's professional standard work um, and made to measure. They're great. Uh, you know, do you bring these along to these? Do you do the trade shows and you bring these along to 
to sell. Yeah, I have I, I have a one of those cheap rickety little tables because <laughs> they're light <laughs> to take to the shows. Um, so what you do at the show is you make um, you, you make an order, and when you go home, you measure up, and then you just ping me over the the measurements, and uh, um, and then we make them from that. And or you go onto the website and buy them, and do the same thing. Yeah, awesome. And we'll put all your details um, in the in the chat box later, and obviously when it's on YouTube. We'll put all your details on there as Thank well. You. So you've done your 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 hourly calculator, your your center stage backdrop. But you didn't stop there. What came next? It was your thumb thing, wasn't it? Well, is yeah. My my research and development. Well, me and my son. Um, but it was Colin Taylor's idea. So I'm I'm not going to claim okay. a claim to that. I'm I'm just wondering actually whether I can if I've got a pair of scissors down here with with them in. I did have some. Um, do, 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 do. I should have got this ready, shouldn't I? They would have been so much easier. Are they other backdrops made in different colours? Yes, they are. They um, the backdrops come in red and um, blue and teal and grey and purple and pink. Awesome. So that's just a question that came in. <laughs> yes, yeah. They, they, uh, the red one is the one that I use most. Um, which, which probably sounds a bit weird, but um, I, I like to scissor against a solid coloured background. Because mm. if I can scissor against a solid colour, um, if it's not cluttered, I get a much better line. Right. Yeah. And and you need to see the back of my table with all the rubbish on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cluttered. It's really, really bad. So what inspired the thumb things? So, Colin, Colin gave me a call and, and he said, um, I've had this idea and I've been batting around with it for years. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that your son prints things with his 3D printer because he, oh, he, okay. he, he bought, uh, we, I think we did in the end, we did 790 visors for the NHS right, during the first lockdown. Um, so he's got really, really good. He's 17 and he's a whiz with all of this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and so I said to Colin, I'm really sorry, mate. I don't think you understand how a 3D printer works. It prints hard things. And you, if you want an insert that goes into the thumb hole of scissors, it's got to be squishy. And uh, so she's really putting me off now. Like, I can't even poke her and I, I can't even chuck something at her. <laughs> so anyway, um, he said, well, I'm going to leave it with you. So... I, I um, showed Jensen what I needed to do and told him about it. And, it's, and the whole idea is that when you put your thumb into a pair of scissors, your thumb shouldn't go, you, you should literally, your thumb nail should be resting on the thumb hole. It wow. shouldn't, you shouldn't have your thumb hole, thumb going right through to the knuckle, which is what most people do. And then they crunch like this. And if you crunch like that, you're putting massive pressure on the scissor blades. So they get right. blunt really quickly. Um, if you are using them, um, if you scissor like that and you're using something really delicate like uh, chunkers or, um, or thinning scissors, then the teeth start getting out of skew and it's just down to your scissoring action. So anyway, this is what Colin came up with, the idea. I don't know if you can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's blank. Oh, I keep remembering the camera. Oh, I see, so it's solid on one side. Solid on one side and then it's got so a space for your thumb to go on that side so it doesn't matter even if you've got long nails they just sit in there 
And it just allows you to open the scissors a lot wider mm -hmm. and my thumb can't go through. And I am now, after all these years, scissoring dogs. I'm as fast now scissoring as I was using comb attachments. Yeah. And that took me a month to retrain my hand so that I can now scissor. And, and I don't have them in every pair of scissors, but I've still got them in things like my, um, my rose line straights, the really big ones. I absolutely adore those scissors. I love them to pieces. And they are like my first pair of scissors and I've still got them. You know, the big chunky gold ones. Yeah, you still like, like, keep them sharp. Yeah, God, no, no, no. And uh, oh, who's his, what's his name? Mike Westbrook? Um, he put serrations on them, micro serrations on it for me. And oh, I just, I just love those scissors to death. So um, those are those are my original rose line curves. The first pair of curves that I've got, I've still got those as well. Um, but I mean, these are just little cheap cheapies. But yeah. this is, but it just gives you the ability to open the scissors and use the whole of the blade of the scissors, and it just makes your scissoring action so much better. That it's just your thumb that's moving and and not the whole scissor bouncing around. Does it does it help your um, your hand as well? Does it yes. help? Yeah, it's, it, I found for the first month, I was getting um, not not repetitive stress, but it was because I'd been scissoring one way for a whole, for all of those years, I had to retrain those muscles. So I found my hands ached a bit, yeah. but now they don't ache at all ever. And, that, and I used to find that after I'd done it, well, I used to avoid scissoring, to be honest. I'd scissor around faces and everything else. I, I was a co-attachment queen. Um, but, but now I actually like scissoring. Prefer using the scissors. So yeah. that's something that you now produce, is it? And, and yeah. So yeah, we do. And, and again, we thought that that was going to be, you know, one size fits all because they're really squishy. So they're going to go into every pair of scissors. Wrong. There are four sizes. And they come in about <laughs> nine colours. <laughs> I have to say, what colours do they do? <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a whole range. They're on the website. And it, it very much depends on, on, um, on what I've got in stock. But, um, I mean, the, the, the item itself will do the job no matter what the colour is. But it is nice if it matches the jewel in the centre of the scissors, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it is. And the last thing that you do is a bit of training as well. So you do a bit of one-to-one -one training. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I absolutely adore it. Um, I've got a couple of clients at the moment who are coming in and learning how to groom dogs. Um, and they, because I'm not a school, I can fit it around them. They can do a half day or a full day and they can do a couple of days a week or they can do one day a month. It's totally up to them, totally bespoke. We just charge a daily rate um, and then get them ready for ICMG exams. So these are these are groomers that are already in training or they've done part of their two are uh, brand new starting right. from scratch, which is lovely because they're a blank, completely blank slate and they're a sponge because they want to be there. And then I've got one lady who's coming in. She just comes in every now and again and she does a day with me mm. just to just to keep her hand in. She doesn't really want to go off to workshops and things like that. But she's she's not she's a, she's quite introverted and she enjoys just enjoys it having a one-on-one -on -one. if she's got a specific breed that she wants to do then you know we'll wait until that dog's coming in and then she'll make herself available that day and she'll come in and just and just shadow me for the day it sounds like you could have a, a crossbreed training package couldn't you learn to be I, awesome. I have everything <laughs> learn to be awesome at cockapoos <laughs> yeah absolutely multi-poos i just they're just so lovely they are so lovely. And people get just get this whole crossbreed thing. They get their knickers in a twist about it. There's they they hate cockapoo owners because they have unrealistic expectations. And all these owners need is a little guidance and a little helping hand and some compassion. 
for their dog. And then they, they eat out of your hands and they spent thousands of pounds on the dog. So they'll spend hundreds of pounds on the grooming. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it's not it's not the dogs, is it? It's the fact that um, they're just not being brought in enough. And then maybe, you know, um, Emma came home today and was talking about some customers and um, some issues that we've had during the day with pickups and drop-offs and, and being impatient, with customers being impatient with us. And I said yeah. to her, is it something that we do? So you always, we always sort of yeah. look back on ourselves, don't we? Are we educating yeah. that customer enough? Are we, is there something that we could do within our business to change the fact that people don't understand we'll phone you when your dog's ready. There's something breaking down somewhere. So is it something that we can do better? Exactly. To, uh, I can't do, I can't work that way. I, I have to have a fixed schedule. It really, if I said to them, I'll phone you when, when they're ready, the dog would never be ready <laughs> <laughs> ever because, because I'm a perfectionist. If I know I've got to get, I, I bath two dogs at the same time. I, I blast the short coat of the short or, or the finished haired dog first. And then that goes into the drying cabinet. Then I work and blast the second one that goes into the drying cabinet. Dog one is now dry. That goes on the table. And I explain this to the owners in excruciating detail. And oh yes, your dog or the other dog may be ready at 11. Yeah. And the other one's going to be ready at 12. But it does mean that the dogs get plenty of breaks in between times. And if you turn up at 11 to pick your dog up, the dog that's being picked up at 12 isn't going to know that you're not that their mummy's not around the corner. Because everyone get you know, the dogs get used to it. They're in from nine until 12. And again, you know, we do the same. We have our, our dogs in. Um, but sometimes they just don't understand that. And again, it's, that comes down to that language that you're using and how you've set up your business, isn't it? You're the yeah. leader in the business and you're you're leading your customers and you're telling them what you expect from them rather than them yeah. and, and, and reminding them like the the clocks go back in um on october the 27th this year mm. is it backwards forwards i know it's march forwards and fall back isn't it it's yeah, dark. So, yeah it's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking dark. And, and i don't like walking my dogs in the dark and i don't like doing my chickens in the dark and i don't like doing a whole bunch of stuff in the dark so i split my day and make my the middle of my day wider so as soon as the clocks go back the following week we do nine till 12 as normal but then the afternoon shift becomes two till five mm. And that builds in a two hour break in the middle of the day. So if I need to whip out to Tesco's because we haven't got any milk or I need to walk the dogs or I, I, I need to speak to a client or I have to ha go to an appointment myself or I need to do something, you know, have an appointment over by Zoom with somebody, I can do that. It builds in that time. It, it just gives me a two hour daylight window, which is, I think, absolutely vital. And again, I like that because you call it your winter hours, don't you? Yeah, You're going winter, into hours, yeah. winter Summer hours and winter hours, yeah. But again, what, what that tells me is, again, it's that that money buys you that time, doesn't it? Because you know what you need to charge, because you know what you want to earn, and you, you're you brave and go out there and um, tell people what you want to charge and get that money, it buys you that time to be able to do that two-hour break during the day, doesn't it? Yeah, and and I rarely, um, I I rarely have a break. I mean, I I will eat on the go. Mm. Uh, I I'm quite organised. I've got um a, a, an absolutely fabulous stove that we bought secondhand on eBay, and I had it about six months, and there was a button on the right hand side, and I had no idea what it did, 
and I left it on and and I'd put some plates in the you know in the storage at the bottom uh, you, you've got four ovens you've got a grilly sort of thing and then two ovens and then storage underneath and it, this was like the fourth or fifth second-hand oven I'd had and um it, this one was in black and that was the only difference and I went to get these things out and they were bloody scalding hot I mean hot hot burny hot and I realized to my absolute delight that this bottom oven is actually a an oven it's a slow cooker yeah excellent so um so now dinner goes into nearly every dinner is a slow cooker dinner Everything gets chucked into the same pot. The Scott Pacti Bacti recipes are absolutely fantastic. You chuck the whole lot into a casserole dish, stir it round, whack it in the slow cooker, and it's it's coming out at six o'clock absolutely beautiful. So um, can't recommend that highly enough to anyone if you get a slow cooker because it buys you all this time. But, you know, things that don't need to have all that time for cooking can be set at lunchtime. Because outside of being a dog groomer, I'm a, I'm a, a wife and a mother. And, uh, you know, uh, we were saying off before we came live, you know, some people would love to have half an hour in a day, but you're able to book that two hour slot, aren't you? Because you're getting what you need from your customers. Yeah, because I, I need I need to have um, I aim for a turnover of between 250 and 300 a day. That that makes me happy and that pays my bills. It yeah. doesn't pay your bills and it doesn't pay Mrs. X's bills down the road. And there'll be other groomers up the road who are doing like nine dogs a day for that. You yeah. know, it's ridiculous. It. It, you, you can't burn out. You've got to set your prices as to what you want. You need to know what you need to earn. And then you need to know what you want to earn on top of that. And you have to have your rainy day fund. And you've got to have your tax pot to one side as well. So all these little things have to be worked out. That's what the hourly rate calculator does for you. So every year it's just a really good exercise to, to go back into it, whack your figures in this year and see what the difference is between this year and last year. You know, do your prices have to go up? And invariably the answer is yes. It will be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. Every <laughs> yes. Well, we'll put all those links in there for people to um, go and explore and they can you. download your spreadsheet, can't they? Yes, it's, a, it's an automatic download from the website. Yeah, and, and they can look at all your products. So what's uh, what's next for you? Are you working on any secret? You are, aren't you? <laughs> but they're all secret. So we've got more products to look forward to in the new year or 2022, 2023? It would be 2022 ish, yes. Crafts? No, no, probably not for crafts. This is normally quite early, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually done crafts. I've never actually made that commitment to taking five days out of my grooming. <laughs> I think um, when I when I originally started uh, this business, Emma was like, "You need to be at crafts," and yeah. um, I might be there next year. I think lockdown it was all cancelled, wasn't it? So no, no lock. The, the first lockdown. Oh, no, it was just after crafts, wasn't yeah. it? I, yeah, I was. I was there. I was. I, I took a, um, an American friend, and it's be. It was her life's ambition to go to Crufts. Like I'd like to do. Is it? Do they call it the West? Is it the Westminster they have there? I don't know. It, that's their version of it. Right. And um and it, you know for them it's the biggest dog showing show, not dog grooming show, but dog showing show that there is in the in the uh, the whole of the US. And um so she was she was proudly telling me all about it on the way up there, and I was thinking. 
you're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and she just couldn't get her head around it. But, you know, you've got those five halls in a horseshoe shape. And I think I'd been going for nearly a decade before I realised that you could exit hall one, walk across the front to hall five. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> I used to fight my way back and then fight my way through the crowds. Yeah. Sonia was saying and just said, what's the best days to go to Crofts? Is there a particular day that works? Depends, it depends on what you want to do. Um, if you're doing a lot of shopping, you have to bear in mind that the traders' um, patience and um, everything is, is really seriously in decline by Sunday late afternoon. But if you go in with piles of cash at that stage, they don't want to pack it up and take it home. Yeah. So there could be some deals yeah. to be had. There, there are always deals to be had. Um, and, you know, go chat to people. Yeah. Because, because that, that's where you get your deals. And, yeah, and you, you, you know, you make friends for life, I think, when you go. And, and um, I, I've been using uh, Wild Bosch products now for, for forever. Um, and I met them at a trade show. It wasn't at Crafts. But um, the Pats trade shows, the one in Telford and the one in Sand, uh, Sandown at the race courses, they are really good shows to go to as well. But I think the best one so far that I've, I've been involved with is Groomfest. Yeah. Groomfest yeah. Is, it did really, really well for me um, last year and this year. And next year it's going to be a two day show, which is absolutely brilliant. It's all in the diary and there's, you know, the oh, yeah. <laughs> putting all the dates of all the shows in, in the group so people can keep up to date with what's going on. Oh, have you got all the show dates? Because I haven't, I don't think I've got, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I, I don't think I've got them all in my diary yet. No. I know I'm going to have to move a few customers. I've been putting off putting the customers through next year because I know I've got a couple of show dates that I haven't put in yet. Yeah, we've got January uh, and there's obviously the great British grooming shows, Groom Fest. There's uh, another one over in Belfast. Let's just come out. I can't remember the name. Yes, yes, I saw that. You're going to go to that one. I'm looking at it. Looking at it. <laughs> There's also um, Super Zoo, which is over in Las Vegas. Yes. Which I really want to go over to. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be amazing. Absolutely amazeballs. It works on the school holidays as well. So I have to see if, uh, if I can get a speaking slot over there, which I've asked yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> get, get yeah, that, that would be really good. Really so good. maybe um, Groomfest next year will be your product launch. I would think so. I, I I would think so. Yes. Watch this. That would space. be exciting. Or yeah. if you want to launch it on the group, then feel free. I okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've kept you long enough. You know, it's been really nice talking to you, and I hope that we've inspired some of the the newbies in the industry. You know, I hope so. I'm always there. I, you know, you can always ping me a message. I'm I'm very approachable. I, I'll chat to anybody. Um, you're never too big in this industry, and right. if you think you are too big to, to talk to the newbies, then then you kind of missed the whole point. Yeah. I was dead lucky that there were a number of people who were really big names that sort of gave me a leg up and a helping hand and I'll, I'll be forever grateful to them. They know who they are. Um, and, and I would like everything that I do for the newbies for them to learn. And then I would like them to pay it forward the way that I am paying it forward from the people who did it for me. 
Definitely, you know, business is a lonely place. So we need to stick together and reach out and ask the questions. There's no such thing as a silly question. No. And, you know, we'll answer them, won't we? So thank you for your time. And You're welcome. sharing everything with us. And I'm sure there'll be some people inspired to set up their VIP packages and going out and doing some direct debits. And yeah, uh, um, if on the Centre Stage Dogs website, I've done a whole webinar on that, on how to set it up, how it works. Um, I'll probably redo it now that Savvy have launched their VIP stuff so that there's a, there'll be a Savvy version. Well, not redo it because you can do it for yourself or you can do it via Savvy, but I'll probably redo a Savvy version as well yes. so that people can see that. And there'll be two versions of the calculator going onto the website because the Savvy version works out how, how it works for Savvy as well as um, the number of appointments they're going to get per year because Savvy have got a clever countdown scheme so that you can see how many appointments they've got left. Awesome. Excellent. I'll put all those links in and uh, if you're watching this now, you don't need to watch, well, you can re-watch it on YouTube or um, listen to it as a podcast whilst you're doing your grooming. So thanks a lot. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Bye.